I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Achten Millwall. Listening to Acton Millwall Emergency Broadcasting Special, a public service broadcast made on behalf of the Real Millwall Fan Show and Acton Millwall, broadcasting from South Bermondsey. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the world-famous Acton Millwall. Delighted to have you with us. Hope you're safe, hope you're healthy, hope you are well. My name is Aaron Paul. Joining me uh, this afternoon to look back at another career of a fabulous Lions player is the podfather himself, Mr Nick Hart. You're up, pal. I'm fantastic. Thank you, Aaron. It's great to have Stuart on the show today. He's wonderful. Really looking forward to it. There you go. He's bust my introduction already. Joining us today is proper Londoner. Someone who spent seven seasons, uh, six, seven seasons at Millwall. Uh, of course, joined from Spurs initially on loan, and then a month later decided he loved the place so much, joined Millwall uh, on a permanent deal, made 242 appearances for the Lions, and, uh, and had some good times at the Den. Of course, we're talking about the man himself, Man Manning, Stuart Nethercott. Stuart, how are you, pal? Yeah, good, one. Very good, very good, very good. Ready to go, ready, ready to go. So <laughs> Good to have you with us. Of course, firstly, let's just touch on uh, your new appointment as manager of Haybridge Swifts in these uh, these dodgy times. Um, yeah. A project you're, I presume, looking forward to? Yeah, it was, um, you know, it comes as a surprise. Um, I went and uh, was assistant manager last year with Carl Dudwig, who the ex-Colchester player. Uh, he took taken over from Julian Dix, who was who went on to West Brom with Slavon Bilic. Uh, yeah, I was surprised really to, to, to get the job. I, I was speaking to him a couple of weeks ago, he was preparing for the new season, whenever that was. And uh, yeah, he decided to call it a day after, you know, enjoying time with his family and, uh, you know, with, with a young family he's got. He thought after 28 years in football, you know, it's time for him to step away for for a year or so, but uh, yeah, surprise. Um, I took a little break, a uh, week off after the announcement, but now I'm, I'm, I'm back in full swing and uh, talking to players, uh, current players, and uh, targets as well that we've got for next season as well. So it's all uh, 
it's all coming ahead at, at this present time. And we're all looking forward to sort of tracking your progress down. I know Nick is uh, yeah. Nick's going to be looking forward to coming and uh, watching the game. In fact, I think we'll all pop down. We'll have a little uh, day out and uh, yeah, definitely. We've got game. a new bar yeah, set up. Uh, we've got a new bar all done. Oh, oh, all demolish the old one, put a new one in, and we haven't had the chance to use it yet. So it's all uh, <laughs> really up and running, and uh, it's got plenty of good beer on, on, on the stock. Good, so good. That's what we want. That's what we yeah. want. It sounds oh, fantastic, Stuart. Yeah. Um, just. <laughs> Beginning with your, your, obviously, you know, you started your career at, at Spurs, spent seven years there as a pro. I don't know when you joined there as a, as a, as a young boy, but um, I mean, you, you probably worked with some very, very good defenders in your time there. Yeah, I was lucky. You know, um, I think if you look back on people's careers, you know, top players, you know, not, not I'm not a top player, but uh, they would, you, they'd always say, you, you work when you work with the best pros, you know, coming through the ranks and things like that. We had a great set of pros, you know. Gazza was there, Paul Stewart was there, Gary Mabrook was there, um, Paul Walsh. You know, they were great lads, and they weren't they weren't ones that that would you know not they well, hit you by the wayside. They used to take time and talk to you, talk to you about your game and things like that. And, and a lot of them you'd play in the reserve team with. Some of them were coming back from injury. And, you know, really, really good times. And, I, you know, I, I, I put it down to myself breaking in at Spurs, down to the pros that were there and actually took time to uh, speak to you and, and, and talk about talk to you. Uh, Neil Ruddock was another one, come through the ranks. Obviously, he went off to, um, he went off to Liverpool. Um, yeah, Steve Sedgley was another one. Uh, Gary Mabbitt, Colin Calder was one of the later ones. But, yeah, that's had some really good centre-halves to... Um, to look at and 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 to, to work with as well. Well, just one of the things that struck me, Stuart. I mean, you, you touched on some of the great players, some of the great managers you've 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 played under at Tottenham, um, and obviously you know at, at Millwall. But look, looking at Spurs, I mean, Terry Venables, Osvaldo Ardiles, yeah. um, and some of the players. I mean, I was interested that you, you know the likes of Gascoigne and and Mabbitt yeah. and the others would actually engage with as a young player. I guess you were just yeah, a kid well, we, at the uh, time, you know. Yeah, during, uh, I was second year apprentice and. Uh, Gazza was going off to uh, Lazio, and uh, he needed uh, he needed game time uh, to prove his fitness and things like that. And uh, we stayed over. We stayed we stayed back. Uh, the the the, all the apprentices stayed back and uh, giving them weeks of game time and things like that. And you know the fellow he was, he he went off to the uh, the cash point. And all give us fifty quid each, you know. What I mean, that, that was that was more than what we got on the themselves. So he was top class, as, as they all were. They were top class pros, and um, you know, I owe a lot to them. To be fair. I mean, Venables was obviously would go on to the Euro nineteen ninety six uh, tournament with his reputation. How did you find him as a manager? I mean, he always strikes me as a as a top top coach. You know, Barcelona yeah. anytime. Yeah, he was he was, a, he was ahead of his time. You know, what I mean, he. Um, I think he was probably one of the first managers who had that number 10 role and uh, Teddy was the one that sort of played that position for Spurs, went on to do it for England and it just showed in that Euro 96 with uh, Shearer sharing him how good that, that formation was and a lot of teams couldn't play against it. But, you know, they struggled to play against it and it, you know, it worked, it worked marvellous for, for England and, and, and for Spurs. So... Um, mm. We had Nicky Barbie as well in, in that sort of position. So it was, um, yeah, he was ahead of his time 
you know, he, he, he trusted the youth, he, he went into youth, and it was just a sad day, really, that he, he, he felt he had to compete with Alan Sugar to, to try and run the club, and, and Terry should never have gone down that route, he should have just stayed the, the manager, and, and let, let um, Sir Alan do what, he's got, do what he does best as well, so... Yeah. yeah, it was sad when he left, but Ozzy came in and, and, and took the reins over. I mean, I've, you know what? I've got so many sort of Spurs managerial questions because that era under Alan Sugar was so interesting. Yeah. Um, but obviously, this is a middle podcast. But just a couple of little ones. Um, firstly, Christian Gross, was he as nutty as, as people say? Secondly, was Jerry Francis hair as dodgy? I mean, what, what is that <laughs> mullet thing all about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <And> the pigeons. <laughs> Well, let's go with Jerry first. Um, <laughs> this this was someone, this is a manager that was so drilled uh, defensively. Um, you know, we, under Aussie, we did ship a few goals in and, uh, you know, you had your famous five and we was called the shit six and all that. So, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, yeah, that's what it was. So, you know, we, we were, you know, us. Our defence at that time was myself, Sol Campbell, Justin Ennemar, Dean Austin. And, you know, we were shipping goals in for fun, you know what I mean? First game of the season at Wednesday, Sheffield Wednesday, 4-3 and things like that. So, it, it, that was Ozzy's way. Jerry come in and, and he had his ways. He wanted to go the defensive route. Uh, he'd run us every Tuesday, uh, Terror Tuesday, that was called. That was, that was hard graft, box to box running, got a fitter. And I think it paid off really for 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 our, for our group of players. Going on to Christian, um, you know, when he when he turned up with the rail cards, you knew there, there wasn't something right here. <laughs> so, yeah, he, yeah, he he was the one that you know that I wasn't going to be hanging around for really. Um, David Pleat was was the director of football at the time, and and said I think you you, you should move on and. Uh, yeah, he was a strange fella, strange fella, and it doesn't surprise me he's not in the game now. And, uh, you know, he, he was just one of them appointments that, that Sir Anton got wrong. But, um, you know, I, th- I, th- I think we can all sort of, you know, the next one, you know, he brought George Graham in, which, which, which was another, you know, strange decision. But he, he got the discipline back into that side and, uh, you know, they went on to win a, win a trophy. How did you find working with Ozzy Ardiles, uh, Stuart? I mean, a World Cup winning player with Argentina, yeah. um, with a man with, as you, you, you've touched on, the, the famous five style, the, the all-out attack. Yeah. Um, how was it? How was he? How was he as a manager from your perspective, your playing perspective? Yeah, he, he was. He was good with the youngsters. He, he, he had a philosophy of how to play. Um, again, probably ahead of his times. You know, he he, uh, he sort of played a diamond system, which which you said it. I sort of play, we, we played in my team sort of last year at Haybridge. Uh, good formation if, if, you can, if you can work it. Um, and we had good players on the, on the, that could pass the ball. You, you know, uh, the, the, the two Romanians come in, Dimitrescu, Papesco, yeah, yeah. Darren Anderton uh, was around. And he had, he had Nicky Hazard in that little, little area in front of us. But, we, you know, it, it was tough defensively. You know, because we didn't have two men that wanted to run back, so that was a. You know, we had a, we had a few runarounds, but um, you know, yeah, fair play to Ozzy. He had his style of play, and he wasn't going to change it. So that that was it. Was all or nothing with Ozzy, and, and I like that. that. That was a gamble that he took, and it it it, it, it did effectively cost his job. 
I mean, you, one thing that strikes me, um, Stuart, obviously, you know, you've got the the glamour of Tottenham, the the White Hart Lane, the big names, the Klinsmans, the the uh, the, the Ardiles and, and 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 the Venables and all the rest. But I mean, you went out on a you know a couple of real contrasting loans there, Maidstone United, yeah, and and Barnet. I'm guessing to get game time to get yeah. reg, regular starts, but yeah. that's that's quite a, that's quite a contrast. I mean, it was a you know quite a brave decision to go out and get get time at those kinds of clubs. Yeah, I think what it was at the time, I think I was, I was, I was um, just finished my second year of prep, so I was a first year pro, and I just think they, they, it, it, it should happen now. This is how it should happen now. A, a premiership lad, at 17, 18, should go off and um, apply his trade in a in a second division club, you know. And you know, I'm talking about you know the old fourth division. You know, we were yeah, 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 them, the old bottom. Bottom of the, I was bottom of the fourth division. So you can't get any lower. <laughs> I'm playing against people like Billy Whitehurst. You know, they're, you know they're tough cookies. And I'm a, I'm a skinny eighteen year old, and I'm getting absolutely kicked the shit out of every Saturday. <laughs> it, made, it made me, and it, it, as, as, as it said, it, it, it can make or break you. And but it, I think it made me. And, and to be fair, the season after, I, I was I was actually in the, I made my debut. So. It, it done something for me. It was something that, that they like to do at that sort of time of era. They're not so much now. Um, I think they're a little bit timid, uh, some of these boys, to go down and, and, and have a look at the, the lower leagues. Um, I, I think they, you know, they get it a little bit too early now, the money-wise, the cars, the houses, or whatever. But uh, it, it sorted me out, and, and, and that's all that... You know, I saw at the time it was a, it was a good decision. I had three months of washing my own kit. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's what it is. That's what, that's Big what ground, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Where I was like cleaning the drape change rooms, cleaning the boots. Now I'm absolutely cleaning my own kit as well. So <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. It was, they were good lads. You know, I keep in touch with a few of their mates and boys. That, that, that they're good lads, and uh, you know, they're pleased that they uh, they saw me break into into the Spurs side. Yeah. I mean, going going on from that, obviously, you know, making the move to Millwall, going from a, a, a Premier League club to a second division club, that is quite a, a drop with, with all due respect. I mean, do you reckon that the loans at Maidstones and the Barnets actually sort of like helped you and, and opened your eyes to which, let's be fair, some footballers in, in this day and age, they would never consider that. They would refuse to do that drop if they were playing for a Premier League club. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Um I think the Millwall thing come about. I was I was kicking around in the in the reserves. You know, obviously, like Christian Gross was never gonna was never gonna accept me. You know, he's never gonna happen. There was myself, Dean Austin, Justin Edinburgh, regulars in the first. You're just kicking around in the reserves and just waiting for that right moment to leave. Um, the pull of London was always, you know, the one for me. Stay in London was always a good good thing. And, and sometimes I, I look at I look at it and I think the way I played, the style of play, probably wasn't the way the Spurs fans would really want. I was a bit hair and tear, head it, kick it sort of um, defender. And I, I think the um, the Millwall crowd, it suited me. It was that sort of place, tough upbringing, tough place to go and play. And I think that suited me. And uh, the club, the surroundings, and everything about it. it it was just a match made in heaven, really. Um, you know, and it was a big gamble, a massive gamble at the time. But 
uh, I felt at the time it was the right decision to just get games and, uh, and enjoy my football again. Did you have any other options available at that time, Stuart? I mean, you I didn't just... really, because I was on loan and, um, and I, um, I broke my collarbone at Fulham right. in one of the games. So, you know, looking back on it now, you know, what Mill done for me at that time was, was, was really good because they just, they just said, sorry, son, there's no contracts on offer, you know, and then I'm back to square one again. But Theo, he stood by me. I think they, they saw enough in me in the, in the games that I played yeah. uh, that I was going to be okay. Um, and um, it sort of worked in, in my favour and the club's favour to, to, to sort a deal out. I, I, I took the deal and, um, yeah, was pleased to, pleased to be uh, rolling back when, when pre-season started. Well, I remember seeing you when you first came. It was 1998, I believe. I believe, um, And I remember seeing you thinking, you know, obviously I didn't know you from, from the Spurs time, but I remember seeing you thinking, this, this, this player looks like a Millwall player. You, you had that look. You had that physicality, yeah, that yeah. Le- leadership, yeah. everything that was missing, if I'm going to be honest, because so, we were mid-table in the, in the yeah. third tier at that point, going, yeah. you know, looking looking iffy, but you brought an immediate presence and that's what Millwall fans want. I, I, it, it, it was, looking at it, you know, when you, when you retire and things like that, it, it, the, the, the club at the time was in, a, it was in a sticky position. They had a manager that didn't really want to, they didn't really want at the helm. And, uh, <laughs> yes. You know, we were like, you know, it was just, it was just one of them times, you know, you know Billy, Billy at the time, you know, great player for West Ham, and, and you know, as, as I said earlier, Spurs done it with George Graham, and they were never them sort of managers are never ever going to succeed or can succeed, but they the fans were never admitted they succeeded. So yeah. really, wasn't a hiding to nothing. But you know, the um, the foundations were set there uh, with the youth, with the with the boys coming through. The, uh, the foundations were really good, and I was. Hopefully, going to be part of that uh, rebuilding the rebuilding, uh, the, the rebuild, yeah, yeah. yeah, the rebuild, and, and being more experienced than what the ones that was coming through at the time. How just before we move along, if I may, Stuart, I mean, how, how was Billy Bonds as a manager? I mean, from from your again, from your perspective, you've you've played under some greats. I mean, I always got the impression that he was actually not a bad manager, given a, a difficult situation, a difficult yeah, circumstance. Yeah, I, I think Billy sort of. Uh, surrounded himself with experienced players. He did like an experienced player. You know, I go back. We had Kenny Brown. We had yep. Andy Gray, Paul Allen. Yep. You know, Paul Wilkinson. Yeah. You know, we had some experienced boys in that dressing room. And, you know, and I think their time had, had come. Um, the club had, had looked at it and probably thought, you know, we need to get some young blood into this team and a young young management team to to go with that. But uh, Billy was fine. Uh, one of the fittest managers I've played with. Really? Really? Yeah. Okay. Run, you know, 40, 42, whatever he was at the time. And uh, yeah, he was, he, he, was, he, was, he was probably the wrong place to mm. be. But, uh, you know, the next decision was, was, the, was, the, was probably the, the one that needed to be done. And, and, and they went down the route that they did. And, and uh, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, just just going back to to, to Billy, um, this is actually to both of you. Obviously, you know his his fallout from his time at West Ham was was sort of very well documented, and he yeah. he felt shafted with the club. And I always find with that club, you know, in terms of how they treat some of their greats, when Bobby Moore's a a, a, a mm. really sort of yeah. evident prevalent example. Do you think that Bonds came to Millwall to sort of spite West Ham to an extent? Yeah, you, you could be spot on there, mate. I, I think he. he... You know, it was, it, it left a bit of taste in his mouth. I, I know that by conversations that I had with him during my time with him. Um, he wouldn't go back there. He was never going to go and watch a game. Uh, he had, his mother had a, had a season ticket there as well. I think she refused to go as well. So what happened there was quite, you know, whatever happened there with him and Harry, you know, it's all, it's all under the carpet now. But I think it, it, it hurt him. And you're probably right. In, in your way to say, you know, um, he, went, he come to us to, to, to uh, spite them. And uh, you're probably spot on there. And uh, But he, he lived in Kent. You know, there's, there's, there's other reasons around it. He, lived, he, he lives in Kent. He had to lift up the road from the training grounds. So that, I think, pulled him as well. So I think he was. I think he was hurt with a West Ham thing. I think, I mean, from the Millwall perspective, I always my own view, um, is that he was harshly judged because of his, his West Ham connections. And I still think even to this day, you know, he was, he was dealing with a, a club that was in, just come out of administration. There was no money, you know, we were having to make the best of a, of a bad situation. And he signed some some players, yourself included. You the, atmosphere, the atmosphere wasn't great there. The home game wasn't great. Very low crowds, yeah. yeah. We've got a new, we've got a new, you've got a brand new stadium that's, just laying there with 5,000 crowds in it, you know, the, the chairman reacts on that. And, and, and I think, you know, away from home, the fans were brilliant. I remember that day at Fulham when I dislocated me, my shoulder. You, you know, the whole the whole end was covered in Millwall. It was an unbelievable, unbelievable turnout. And But at home, it just didn't really happen. It, it really was dire. And, you know, you know, I, I did look back at that time and think, have I made the right move here, really? You, know, <laughs> you, do, you do, you look at it and think, is this ever going to improve? And, uh, <laughs> you know, thankfully, it, it, it all improved. <laughs> I mean, moving on, um, after Billy Bonds, you know, we, we, we saw the, um, the the arrival of Keith Stevens. I yeah. mean, legendary, legendary player at the Den. Obviously, had two a two-year spell in charge manager and half that with Alan McCleary. What was that like as, as um, you know, playing playing for a legend, effectively, playing for someone who, who, who bled my wall? Yeah, but it, it, it's, it, it's what the club needed at the time. It, it's what the, the players needed. I think he's... The remit was um, got to bring the youth through the system. Um, I think the club was was starting to struggle financially. Um, the days of bringing a Paul Wilkinson in and, and Paul Goddard and players like that well, were over. And um, I think the club needed to have a year uh, of solidation, and um, and that's what they got. You know, they got a. Uh, refreshment of youth, uh, abundance of youth coming through the system. You know, you never get that again at that club where you had so many boys in that youth team pushing for first team places and getting in first team places. Um, it, it, it was it was good to see, and um, yeah, that was a, that was a good 
you know, good mould. You know, I was coming back from injury and I was seeing it from the outside, uh, how it was all panning out. And then once you got, you got yourself into the team, then uh, we could see how, how really good these, these boys really were. I was just going to ask you on that point, Stuart. I mean, you know, youth coming through, but what youth? I mean, Tim Cahill, Neil Harris, Lucas Neal, these are top, top players. And to have them being developed is an amazing thing. Yeah. I mean, that, the, the spine of the promotion team was largely assembled that, that 98-99 season under, yeah. under Reiner, really, including yeah. your, yourself and Robbie Ryan and the others. Um, he, he, he was unlucky, Rhino and Macca. They were unlucky um, with what they what they what they done with us to do what we done. Um, I just felt that where we progressed from season to season, it, we lost to the, in the playoffs to Wigan was it was a tough yeah yeah that, that was a tough night yeah because uh, the chances we had at home to to kill them off. Uh, but they were a good Wigan side, to be fair. You know, strong boys, strong boys at the back. Arjun Dazu, very, very good centre half, and they were a tough, they were a tough act. And you think about the money that, that uh, the fellow was putting in there. In there you know, he, he, you know, JJB. Is it JJB? Yeah, the yeah. Uh, Whelan, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the sports. Yeah. So, you know, he was putting a lot of money into that, and they needed to go up. You know. And I think the following season, where we missed out, we started to bring a, a couple of older heads in. We brought the Moody's in, yep. Dyche come in, and we had to we had to get promoted. That was how it, it looked from the outside in. Uh, we had to get promoted that season because of the the money that was put into that for that season. Because we we made it when we made a massive uh, amount of money in that auto windscreen trophy. And I think that was the turning. That was the turning. And we didn't start off well that season. We had a couple of good results. And then you could see results dipping, dipping, dipping. And, uh, and that was when they decided that the two should go. Yeah, I mean, that was obviously a difficult situation. I think in retrospect, it was the right decision because you're looking back, crystal clear hindsight. Um, I just want to ask your opinion really I mean the, the the kind of Neil Harris of this era was on fire as a finisher yeah. as a player um, for me in my time I've been the Mill a long time the best striker apart from maybe only Teddy Sheringham can yeah. can, can top him um, you know how far would you think he would have gone but for the illness you know I know that might be a difficult question but it must um, it must play on his mind as well but how yeah, far do you think so, he could have gone I think he, you know he's we had the, the great season of the, of the promotion and, uh, and obviously, you know, talk was about if players were going to stay and was going to go. And, 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 but we, we, we was all under contract and we all had everything planned out for the, for the, for the next season. And then you get the news in the summer, your, your top goal scorer has been diagnosed with, uh, with cancer. Yeah. cancer. And... Uh, and that's tough, you know, as a, as a group of boys, we were very, very close. And uh, that is a tough call. And, um, and then you, you, you're thinking about him and then you're thinking, shit, fucking hell, where's the goals going to come next year? Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, it, it, it must come into his mind, you know, but he, he, he'd come to us. He was a, he was a chubby, non-league Typical non-league player, <laughs> but what he had, he, he, you know, when they got himself fit, when they got him back into full-time training and, and things like that, 
you know, then you could see what a player he was. You know, he's, he was one of them players I didn't really enjoy marking. He was too wriggly for me. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he, was, he, was, he was tough to mark. But, he, you know, he's, I, I think he could have gone, he, he could have gone higher. Um, oh, I agree. Yeah, I just, I just think it, it, was, it was the next progression. And probably when he sees the boys like Cahill, Reed, uh, Eiffel, uh, Lucas Neal, you know, all, all going off and doing their their bits in the prem. It, it, it must sort of uh, come to him and think, you know, I, I wish I've had my time. Well, it's a measure of that squad there, Stuart. That you know, you've got the likes of Harris and 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 Stephen Reid, yeah. Tim Cahill, Paul Ifill, all of whom went on to you know to to, to greater things, so to speak. Yeah. Um, that was an that was an amazing squad. When you look at that side, that classic two thousand two thousand one. Yeah. Championship winning team. What an amazing side to have played in. Yeah, it um, was. It was. It was. It was made easy, and and you know, defensively we were we were solid, and you know, with big tone behind us. You know, the team never changed much. I think that was that was where the, the good thing about it. You you know, you looked at it for Lawrence, never got Dyche, Ryan, uh, Eiffel, Reed, Livermore, Cahill, uh, Harris, Sadler. Yeah. Clarence towards the end. But, you know, you can ring that off, you know, and then you had your backups, you had your Joe, Joe, your Joe Dolans, you know, you know, excellent backup, you know, become a first-team reg, you know, regular. You know, he, he, he could have played 300 games if he hadn't had these bad injuries. You know, there was, you know, there was some good backup players and, and um, you know, it was, it was a heck of a, it was a heck of a squad and, um, you know, we thoroughly enjoyed that season and um, all, all went off together uh, on, on holiday, enjoyed ourselves, and then we knew the hard work was going to begin when we got back. Well, you mentioned Sean Dyche there, um, yeah. Stuart. Um, I mean, at the time, he's got on to great things in management in the in the in the, in the very top levels now. And um, did it? I mean, it always intrigues me. I mean, you've played alongside him and, and other players. I mean, does it yeah. does it strike you at the time that this? This bloke has got the potential to to manage, or did, how does it feel at the time? Would you have said he's a possible manager of the future at that point? Yeah, I, I think if you look around dressing rooms and things like that, um, when you come out of playing and things like that, and you, you get asked these questions, I think he was one. I think yeah. he was definitely one you, you, you would have took. Uh, Harris, not a chance. That was never going to happen. <laughs> You know, that was just a, a, time, a ticking time bomb. But no, I, I didn't see it happening. I just didn't see that happening. But fair play to him. He, he, he went off. Uh, he'd done all his badges, learned the game. And I think, I think he was actually doing it when he was playing as well. So he learned the game. And, you know, it, it helps when you're playing and you're doing them badges because you, you become, you see the manager's uh, aspects of, th of things. And your, yeah. your, your roles reverse, sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I was surprised in that one. Um, Matty Lawrence, may, I may have gone into that, but I think he's more, he's more media. Yeah. Uh, very clever boy, you know, brainy boy, degrees. Um, but other than that, no, there, there wasn't many I could say. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm in mean, Tenerife at four in the morning. So. <laughs> just, 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 just building off, off the back of that. And, and looking at the chat that we had with uh, Steve Claridge the other week, yeah. I mean, when Dave Tuttle got 
given the middle manager's job, you must have just sat there and thought, shit, yeah. you know, what's going yeah. on here? Well, I was, I was, I wasn't at the club at the time, so uh, <laughs> it, it, it was a shock, you know. Again, it was just, you know, I, I thought it was becoming a comedy club. But, uh, it was, uh, no, that was a strange one. That was a strange one. But didn't Steve take over for a while? About three or four weeks, I think. Yeah, that's right. He took over, didn't he? Like, yeah, so, yeah, then, it, it, it was a funny old time. Yeah. Total, total, total was a shock for me in the West staying up or looking down yeah. on it. Oh, I tell you that much, Stuart. I don't know where the club was going with that one. I, I really didn't understand that. You know, I, I was with Tuts at Spurs and I, 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 didn't, I didn't get where the club was going with that. I think that was... Uh, strange times at, at the club then, and um, yeah, you know that, that was the disappointing things. I think um, the boys, you know, we, we felt we got the club into into a good position into the championship, and it just felt like all that all that effort had just been tossed away by uh, people's decisions to bring people in, and you know the success of the FA Cup and going into Europe, and then. Then after that, you got a relegation, which which was you know sad times. A sad times really, and uh, you know there was a lot of terrible stuff going on with with, with the chairman at the time, and it wasn't a good place to be. It wasn't a good place to be. I mean, looking at it though, you know, after the promotion with Mark McGee, you, you go into the championship, narrowly miss out on, on the first division players, and obviously, you know, the season after that, you finish ninth. Looking at those players. Tim Cahill's, yeah. you look at, uh, obviously, Neil Harris, the Peckham Beckham, Darren Ward, you know, yeah. you had Dion <laughs> Dublin in there for a bit, Kevin Davison on loan, yeah. and Clara just firing goals. Did that squad underachieve? Um, I think a promoted winning side um, and being champions, I think you sort of... You want to crest them away from that. So that gets you through, that gets you through probably half the season. Now, in, in that half the season, we, we had a couple of blips, but then first, all right, first game of the season, we rolled Norwich over 4 1. And then obviously we had a couple of sloppy defeats, and, and you know, you know, Man City, I think, come to the, to the den and we got beat by them. But then we went to Palace, and I think. That made us, I think, you know, beating Palace at Palace was the turning point because we all looked at ourselves in the dress and gone, we ain't bad. We are not bad. We've got two boys up front who are going to score us goals. Yeah. Defensively, all right, we, we, we're going to be put under pressure, you know, but we, we can cope. We, we ain't, you know, we can do this. And I think from that game on, the, the, the drive, it took on every game... From that game on, we, we knew we could roll up anywhere and grab three points. And, and, and that's, that's virtually what happened. All right, we, we lost games. Uh, we had a horrible run towards the end, you know what I mean, um, mm. at, at places. But, you know, to finish where we finished in that season, I, I still think we probably, we, we were batting above our station, really. You know, we was, well, all right, you, you, you reeled off the names, but Dion was only with us for four games, five games. Uh, Kev Davis was was not the greatest. I need to admit that he wasn't his fittest, and it didn't work out. It just did not work out. It was a poor loan signing. Uh, I know, you know, I was, I've been away with Kev. You know, I've seen him, um, you know, years ago. He spoke about his time. He, he just he just wasn't fit, 
and that was a gamble. So um, looking back on it, as I said, I, I think we were punching above our weight, really, finishing where we finished. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You are listening to Achten Millwall. One thing I just wanted to ask you, I mean, you've, you've played in some big games at Spurs. You've played in North London Derby, I think. Um, Chelsea, uh, Spurs, games of that, you know, fairly large um, magnitude. I'm always interested to know what the then on its night, I'm just looking at the Wolves game here, the 1-0 yeah. win over, over Wolves, yeah. um, which from the, from the crowd felt like an immense atmosphere. How is it when you're out there on the pitch? What does it feel like? It, when I've been on the pitch, it feels like a, a claustrophobic yeah. trap almost. What's it like to play that's in? What we, that's what we... That's what we, we wanted to do. We had we had the Oldham game where it was, you know, relaxed and the flags are out and you know, we we, we, we won four or five that day. Yeah. And then and then that's what we wanted to come we wanted to come to this club and to see it rocking and big crowds. And that's what we got. You know, evening games were very, very special. I I, I used to love the evening games. It, it, it was a special place. Especially when you got Wolves rocking up there, you had I think we had West Brom. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Birmingham game comes, you know, which I don't want to talk much about. Good times, you know. And, and as you say, they are like your twelfth man, and uh, you know. And, and I think if they can see you putting a, a shift in, and that's all it is, you know. Certain clubs, all they want is for teams to put a decent shift in, and that's what we've done. Every single one of us put a decent shift in, and. Um, and, and it, you get the response of the crowd, and, and, uh, and that's, what, what, that's what we got. A lot of football is driven on personality. They have to be, you know, uh, up front. Um, we spoke to Claridge the other week. Um, how did you find working with the likes of Theo Pathetis and, and Mark McGee and, and maybe our last Steve Claridge? How, 
how are these people to deal with on a working basis from from the players' side? Mark, Mark's been one of the best that I've, I've worked with, to be quite honest with you. Um, his management skills were, were totally um, spot on. Really, really decent fella. Yeah. Um, he had the backing of uh, late Ray Harford and Steve Grit at, at, at the time. Um, and he, he was he was very, very good. And, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't as big a squad as what it is now, you know. So he didn't really have a lot of moaning players. I think we all sort of, if, if, if you got out the side, you, you, you take it and you work harder in training to get yourself back in there. There was a definitely push. There was an edge to our training. Um, you know, everybody put a brilliant shift in training. You know, train hard, play hard is always the, is, is, is always a good motto to have. Uh, Theo was yeah, good character. Yeah. Um, I don't think he liked the agent side of football. I don't think he, he really got on with many of them. Um, but no, he was he was brilliant. We went to obviously the auto windscreen game. We, we um, all upset with the performance and the result. Headed back to uh, West London hotel there, and he's dancing on the table. So it's uh, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, it's weird, yeah it's he's dancing on the table with you. So it, it was all it was all good fun. It, it, you know, he, he, he was. I think he, you know, he. He had a lot of heart for you, and uh, he had a lot of heart for the club. And so he may have got a rough deal in some in, in certain uh, parties of, of, of the club. But uh, I think what he'd done, you know, rescued the club and uh, put it back on the map, really. And uh, yeah, Claridge. Um, yeah, I've got no qualms with Steve. He was he was a he was a popular boy around the place. Loved the bet. Um, <laughs> you know, you'd, you'd see his car in the car park and have all hangers in there with his suits, shirts, and things like that. God knows where he'd stay after time. But on the pitch, it was, he was a proper, proper lad, proper fellow, worked hard. You know, you, you, you could tell even at his age, I think we had him when he was 36. 36, wasn't he? Yeah. 36. So, yeah. You know, he played on for another three or four years after that. So, and, and he worked hard. He worked hard. And once that ball was up to him, it stuck. Yeah. And, uh, you knew it You knew it wasn't coming back your way. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Really enjoyed it. Really. Some characters in that team. Well, you mentioned Claridge. I mean, we've, we've spoken to past to Tony Warner. I mean, these are larger than life characters, Stuart, aren't they? I mean, what were the Christmas parties like, mate? What were the, what, yeah, what, were the what were the holidays in Tenerife like? Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> was, it, we, was it Tenerife you know, we, then? We, was we were it? very, very close. We were a very close-knit squad. Still are now. Yeah. Still You're still in touch. Yeah, all on the WhatsApp group. Yeah. You know, the banter flies around all the time. Mark Burton's head of the banter brigade. But no, this is good. <laughs> and yeah, Christmas parties was the normal. Up in London. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know it's what it is but we used to go away a lot with, uh, as soon as the season finished we got to IB for Tenerife Costa del Sol you know you know, we used to go in uh, Magaluf and places like that Yeah, me being the older one I just wanted to get home you know what I mean I just wanted to get home <laughs> I used to go wrapped up myself around to the travel agent <laughs> and book myself a flight home so I was just yeah, admiring you know, your, your, your stamina you know, right <laughs> I mean, three days. I don't want to spend no more time with him. Seven days is more than enough. Uh, three days is more than enough. So, 
No, it, it was, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we, we went out together after a game. And, and it, it, the, uh, you know, I was one of the oldest statesmen. I was going to say, yeah. Child and partner at the time. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, you know, it was tough to sort of get get these nights out. But, you know, when we did them, we, 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 we'd done them in style, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your last season with the club, 2003-04, um, we've now got Dennis Wise and Ray Wilkins, the, yeah. the joint um, management duo. I mean, you, you only made 12 appearances that season. Um, I suppose the emergence of the Darren Walder, Matt Lawrence kind of um, duo in central defence started to yeah, put you to one I, side. Yeah, I think there was another crop of uh, defenders coming through. Robbo was coming through at the time. Robinson, Alan, yeah. Uh, yeah, Alan Dunn was coming through at the time. So, you know, there was, there was, the squad was, was starting to um, go their separate ways. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was, you know, I was, I, was, I was sort of managed out in, the, in, a, in a way that, um, you know, Dennis, you know, well, 12 games was, was, was probably, I'm surprised it was even that amount really, but uh, he had his own ideas and he wanted his own players in and, uh, and that was fine by me, I, you know, uh, he dragged me up a couple of times up north and um, didn't really agree with that, you know, where he just, he just, I was left in the stands and things like that, so right. disappointed in that way and um, Tony Adams come in for me at Wickham and uh, <laughs> I thought that it was it was that was a good fix for me for the last couple of years of my career, really. So uh, yeah, so yeah, it, it ended a little bit sour, but yeah. um, you know I've got no qualms about that now. I'm, I'm, I'm big enough and ugly enough to not worry about them sort of things now. So. Yeah. There's there's another great name you just dropped in Tony Adams. I mean, it's a it's a it's quite a it's quite a list of names you've worked with over over your yeah, career. Really, the thing was it, it was it, you know to, for Billy Bonds to fancy you and then Tony Adams to fancy you. Then you must be doing something right. So absolutely, um, yeah. He was he was he was strange. Um, but <laughs> you know, he was he was a strange fella. And you know we we I was at Wickham. I was you know I was coming to the end of my career. Yeah, and we was sort of the bottom. I think he he, he made we were looking like we were going down, and and uh, we were free down. We were free down at home to um, Blackpool, and if this was me or I'm looking back and thinking, fucking hell, we're going to get battered here. But they they clapped you off the pitch. <laughs> 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 I'd have been spat out, I would have been kicked out. <laughs> but that's what it was, the mentality. And you go into the dressing room and you think to yourself, come on, Tone. You see the old Tony Adams. Hairdryer. Yeah. He's kicking and shit, yeah. you know what I mean? You know, screaming. But he weren't like that. He changed. And, uh, he, yeah. um, he, wasn't, he wasn't the manager that I thought he, he, he would be. You know, we went on another trip. Um, Kidderminster away. Um, this is the following season, and uh, obviously with his alcoholic problems and things like that, it, it yeah. was a big. Uh, you know, I was captain at the time. I said to Tony, "Is it alright if we have a couple of beers on the on the way home? Um, you know, bring a crate on or something like that." <clears throat> uh, he, he was like, "No, no, 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 no." So I'm thinking to myself, "Come on, lads, it's just because on the coaches then you used to have a back bit." I used to draw the curtains. <laughs> we used to play the cards. I've been on that coach, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And now we've, we've got what's up. We smuggle a load of old beers on and things like that. 
we're all having a drink and, and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, like this, the coach has done a sharp <laughs> And all of a sudden, like, all these bottles have gone off the table. They're rolling down the front right next to his feet. He's actually controlled one underneath his foot. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was dragged up the next morning. And, and, uh, and, uh, like, oh, God. Another career. Another career-ending moment. But that was, a, it, it didn't work out for Tony there either. No. He uh, he left after about three or four months. I don't think he'd handled it. I don't think he'd handled the league or all, all the players that he, he, he had to work with. And, uh, it was sad, it was, it was a sad time. And then John Gorman come in, who I, who I knew really well with the Spurs situation. Mm. Um, and then, you know, my, leg, my legs would, would, would just go in and I thought, I, I can't really do this full-time lark anymore. So I, I called it a day and I, I went to Woking for six months and uh, thoroughly enjoyed my time there. You know, a bit of part-time football. Uh, enjoyed it there. Got to the FA Trophy final and... Uh, and then that was my last. That was my last game. And you're managing now, Stuart at Haybridge. We were just speaking before we started doing this recording yeah. at Haybridge. Um, I mean, management is. I mean, you've mentioned Tony Adams. It didn't work for Tony Adams, and there was a, a great, great player. Um, management is a different thing, isn't it? I mean, it's you, you. You are separate from the group. You're not one of the boys that goes on yeah. the, the 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 weekenders and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah. Um, You've picked, you know, what kind of manager are you, would you say? I mean, you've worked with some great names. Um, how do you try to approach the game? What's, what's your philosophy of management, so to speak? Uh, I, th I think you've got to, you, you can't go in and, and, uh, all gums blazing. You can't, you can't do that now. Um, they're not what they used to be. Players are not what they used to be. Right. Um, but it's still, it's still, um, it's still the same way where, one needs an arm round and one you can, you know, get into. I still think you need your old uh, old school values. Um, you don't really want to manage how the FA want you to manage. You know, I mean, you've got to be your own person. And, you know, we all go on these coaching badges and they tell you, hey, you, you should be doing this. And once once you, you come away from there, right, you take a little bit from it, but then you rip up the rule book and you go back to how you think you should do it yourself. Yeah, so you're you're out there to be shot. Um, it's 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 a it's a tough game. It's a tough game, and you know, I've, people like Daichi Chopra, you know, managing in, in in that sort of uh, environment, you know, fair play to him. It's it, it, it's a you know, it's tough where I am. You know, I'm scrimping around a tenner for a player or something like you know, <laughs> next twenty quid for someone. You know, it's tough. You know, it must be tough for, for them boys. You know, they're working with millionaires. And it, you know, this is it, isn't it? You know, it's it's a different. Um, you, I, I was just thinking as you're talking earlier on with your stories. You know, um, you, players of your vintage, you straddle two very different eras. You're just on the cusp of the modern game in yeah, a way. Yeah. yeah. Where now you've got this millionaire yeah. zone, especially at the top level. But yeah, yeah. you see, you can see both sides of it. You, you've seen that side and and the Haybridge side, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. You know, it's it's good because you. Where I am at the moment is, you know, you get your hands dirty and, and <laughs> stuff, you know what I mean? And, and uh, you're trying to, you're trying to big up your players, and you, you want your players to stay with you, and you, you know, you put an arm around one, and then and you, it, it, it's tough. And, and, and as you said, with, with the money situation, where we were just on the cusp of that, 
you know, the, the memories that we've got, it, 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 I, I see it's more than, more than that. But uh, yeah, it, it, you know, your Timmy's, your Stephen Reeds, you know, they got they went on and, and cracked it and, and uh, probably yeah. don't have to work again in their life. So, you know, that's what it is. You know, they don't, you know, they don't have to work again in their lives. And it, it, it's a, you know, but hopefully, they, they, you know, we put them on that sort of path to doing that, you know, we, we, yeah. we, you know, we was in a we were successful side, you know, teams come and watch a successful side, you know, soon as was regularly at our games, and that's where Lucas Neal went, Stephen Reid went, you know, to Blackburn, and, and, and it was all because you were in a successful side, and, and, and you're doing well. Who was your favourite defensive partner across your career, Stuart? Sean's got to be up there. Sean's got to be the one. I think. I, I think he. I think there was something there that. You know, you, you get a grasp for, you know, we didn't have any pace. You know, we was we wasn't we wasn't <laughs> we were good at, we were good at that. that's what you need. You didn't really need pace in that era, you know what I mean? It was all about competitive edge and, and you know, the yeah. world was a win and you know, he covered me, I covered him and you know, we had two decent fullbacks alongside us as well, Robbie and, and, and Matty. So absolutely, absolutely. You, know, you can't, you know, and, and obviously Tony uh, behind us as well. It was a successful, successful five, and uh, you know yeah. we played a lot of games together, a lot of games together, and, and won a lot of games together. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, looking at uh, well, some of our quick fire sort of questions that we uh, go for your pre-match meal. I know nutrition's changed over the years, but uh, go on, enlighten us. <laughs> uh, chicken and beans for me, mate. <laughs> Not full English. That's what I know. Uh, that's <laughs> No, I was going down the right route. Yeah, yeah, no. it's, 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 all, it's all right. I mean, um, I think uh, we had uh, Tony Cascarino who came out with a crazy one the other week. Um, it was something absolutely revolting. What was it? Oh, he had, he, he had ham sandwiches dipped in chocolate, hot chocolate, which hot I thought, chocolate, was, that's it, which that's I thought was mental. But yeah, yeah. I, I spoke to Brian King the other day, the old 70s goalkeeper, and he they would all go and have a full English. But that's the right reason I asked you. Yeah, They'd yeah, have a full I English before a game. Yeah. <laughs> if I was at Spurs, it probably would have been a full English because in the early nineties, that's where it was. But as, as I went on, as, as you went on, which is strange because you've left the uh, uh, an old Division One side and, and, and going down, your, your diet got better as you was going down. Yeah, it, it, it did. It got better as you, as, as you was going down. But uh, yeah, uh, chicken and beans was, was me. Chicken and beans. Yeah, chicken and beans. Footballers are superstitious creatures by reputation, Stuart. Did you have any pre-match superstitions or, yeah. or, or rituals or things you'd wear? What, what, any bad as Clarence. I bet you Clarence would be in the boat, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. no, I used to be sick. I used to be sick every, every before Did you? every game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was, uh, really? Wow. Yeah, I was, a, I was a little bit of a nervous character, really. And um, just sort of bubbling, the old chicken and beans was bubbling up. So <laughs> did, you never, did you never think to yourself, maybe, maybe I should jack in the fake beans? Yeah, I know. Maybe yeah. the hinds are doing it for me. You know? Yeah, I know. No, it, it, it was something that, you know, the boys uh, laugh about it now. And, and it was just, Mark McGee would be doing his team talk and all we could hear was me in the background going, like, <laughs> Yeah, so that, that's come out a few times, that one. So, but other than that, just keep it to routine. What if, if we got a win, I'll keep it a routine. Um, let's do the same as what you've done the week before, really, until it run out. 
You played on adrenaline only then, Stuart, really, didn't you? Your time, having, having lost your, you know, your, the contents of your belly beforehand, you're, 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 you're on, <laughs> you're on adrenaline. It's, it's, it's something, but then I've seen it later on, not in, not in football, but I've watched a lot of rugby and I've seen yeah. the Lions tour and things like that. When it's all finished, they do a compilation. And you can hear the same going on in a lion's restroom. You know what I mean? It's yes. nervous energy and, and it needs to come out. And uh, yeah. that's, that was what it was. It, it was a, that, that, that was something that I've done and uh, continued to do with. Right. This is uh, always a tough one. The best manager you played under? Well, I think, I think Mark's got to be there. Um, yeah. Obviously, I was lucky with Terry, but I didn't really have a, a, a long time with Terry. Um, but I, I, I think Mark, hands down, um, has, been, has, been, has been the inspiration, you know, for myself and uh, probably a lot of, lot of the boys from that era would, would, would come out with that. And, uh, you know, he, he was a special fella. And um, the way it ended was a shame, but um, I, I think he's, he, he, he should be up there in, in folklore with, with, with the Millwall fans and what... what uh, actually he achieved there because I, I think his, his win percentage was very, very good. So by the same token, got to ask the opposite. Who's the worst manager you played under? Uh, well, Bruce and Gross, I've got to say. That. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll pull that round to him, really. Yeah. You know, don't Clash, know, of, I, Clash I, of cultures. I put Tony Adams in that situation because yeah. Tony Adams was a top, top player and I never want to Never want to shy that away from him. He was, you know, he was a top, top player. Didn't work out for him management-wise, but now Christian Gross, for sure. And I think a lot of Spurs players at that time would come out with that answer as well. F- favourite ground you played at? Uh, Wembley, I think, mate. I think seeing 55,000 of you lot there, I think that, that makes it uh, a little bit more special. I think it's a special day. Um, yeah, I think you've got the old Wembley, you know, special place, really, you know. What was your worst moment in, in football, Stuart? What was your, the lowest uh, point for you? I, th- I, think, I think that Birmingham night has got to be up there. Um, yeah. You know, the, 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 the circumstances. I've not, I've not even watched that game over. I've not, I've not even seen the goal. Um, you had jubilation of, of drawing at Birmingham and, and then just... This just didn't turn up on, on the night of, of that night, and um, that's that's big regrets. Um, and yeah, that, that's something I'll always look back on and think, what if sort of scenario. And uh, yeah, you know, it, it was a tough night, and and the, and the club did you know try to recover after that, but uh, it, it was quite hard. Let's finish it off with uh, a good memory. Let's have your best moment in football, pal. Yeah, I think I think the Oldham the Oldham game. Um, Sticks out, you know. Many, many, many fixtures that I've played in, but Mill, you know, some special nights there. You know, even we lost it uh, against uh, Wigan in that cup final. That was a special day. Uh, but I think the olden day when you, when the captain of your football club in front of your own fans and uh, you uh, lift the, the trophy above your head with your teammates around you, it was a very, very special day. It was a wonderful day as a fan. I can tell you that much, Joe. That's the 5-0, wasn't it? Uh, we finished 5-0. Yeah, 5, I think, mate. Yeah, 5. Yeah. Yeah. Champions. Um, yeah, just, just everything that day. It was just a special day and a uh, special night. And, and you know, you know everyone, I've, I've got photos around the house with all, all that uh, about that day. And uh, very special. Special boys. Um, 
you know, that they were, it was a special team and a special group of, of men. And uh, that's what they, that's what happened. We were had a group of boys that wanted to play for Millwall and, uh, and a lot of them become men. And, uh, and that's what it was all about. That's what it was all about. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much uh, no for problem, joining man. us, Stuart. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm no looking problem. forward to watching you at the Swifts yes. at some point yeah, um, next season sure. as well. Yeah, really looking forward to, uh, to to seeing you do that. Of course, um, plenty more on the way this week with Acton. Well, don't forget as well, uh, Steve Clarish, Tony Cascarino, got David Ford interviews up as well on the uh, ACAST and the iTunes and Spotify. Um, Nick, any any housekeeping from you, Nick? And we've also spoken to Ian Dawes, the old 80s uh, fullback, late 80s fullback, so that's, that's going to be out soon. And we're going to try and get Stuart out ASAP. So um, great listening for Millwall fans at the moment. So I uh, really appreciate your time today, Stuart. Wonderful stuff. Really Keep safe, ladies and gents. Until next time, bye for now. Achtung Millwall and the Real Millwall Fan Show are the number one Millwall podcast and we want to hear from you. So get in touch with us. Let us know your thoughts, your views, your rants about all things Millwall. We've got email, achtungmillwall at gmail.com or one word, achtungmillwall at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us and leave us a voicemail on 0208 144 0232. That's 0208 144 0232. Leave us a voicemail. No human will be involved in the receipt of your message. So give us a shout. Tell us what you think about all things Millwall. And the best messages will be read out on air. Achtung, Mehlball. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.